Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 251. This is Russ, and joining with me tonight are Rich. Hey, hey. Jim Dietz. <laughs> and Daryl Taylor. Uh, I didn't know we had a script where we were doing that, too. Yeah, well, you didn't get the memo? No. Dang it, Daryl. Sorry. I mean, I'm the only one wearing a zombie's face right now? Yeah. As boy, far as I you feel, know. Boy, do I feel dumb. <laughs> Wait till we get the YouTube show going. Ooh. Mm. There you go. All right. Well, we uh, we we ended up doing one episode during the break. We we just couldn't get our collective stuff together to do uh, <laughs> to do the 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 trade episode. But we'll we'll get back to it. We'll catch up um, as soon as we can all agree on which which trade volumes we. Would I read. read it all for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll just be that far ahead when we actually get to it. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, so thanks everybody for sticking with us. Hope you enjoyed our uh, video game show that we did. Uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. But we're back. Uh, season nine, the, the back half of season nine has started, and this will take us right into Fear the Walking Dead. And we actually, it's funny enough, there wasn't a whole lot of news over the break, but there there's a bunch of news that broke, or a couple pieces that we're going to talk about today that broke uh, right before the season started, or this half of the season, I should say. Uh, the biggest one is, I guess, Denai Guerrera is looking to make her exit. So, um, looking in in, in news, though, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rich. Oh, I was just saying, I thought it was decided. Not thinking about it. Didn't she? Isn't season ten? Yes. It? Yes. Yeah. Season ten. Yes. And normally, I would I would attribute the powers of Negro Damas to this of, of <laughs> Daryl Taylor, but we all knew it was happening, dude. The writing oh, was yeah. on the wall after, oh, yeah. after Black Panther. I mean, she's Black a Panther's Denai Guerrero that, you know, has other things she has to do. So. Like well, yeah, Black no Panther 2. <laughs> exactly. At least. At least, yes. <laughs> At least. I can't yes. remember. Was she one of the ones that went dusting into the wind when he snapped his fingers? Can't remember. I don't mm, believe so. No. no, she didn't. No. She watched them go. Because since they're all dead, you know, so. Oh, yeah, because yeah, when people die alive. in comic books, they're always dead. They're <laughs> oh, for sure. Everybody yeah, knows that. But I think that I think it'll be – I think it kind of makes sense story-wise. They could obviously tie it into – I I call it right now, but I wonder if that's when we'll see uh, Andrew Lincoln back as Rick. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be she's going to go off into the sunset with Rick. But if she does, that leaves it real interesting for Judith. Because does that mean that Judith stays or Judith would go with her or 
Um, not to spoil anything from the comic, but doesn't Michonne go away for a while in the comic as well? She does. Yeah. She between All Out War and uh, the 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 Whisperers arc, uh, she disappears. Right. That's what uh, the yeah. Walking the Telltale game, the Michonne um, Telltale game. It tells that story right. of what happened to her while she was gone. She goes to kind of on a sabbatical kind yeah. of thing. Finds those boat people. Yes. Not the Fear of the Walking Dead boat people, but yeah, the other boat people. Yeah. Um, so it'll be real interesting if they plan on keeping Judith around. Then I'm curious to see how that how that pans out if they just kill her. I'm, I'm hoping they don't kill her off. I'm hoping that. I don't uh, think they would do like if, like if they did, it would it would be like when did they tell them you know when did for sure did she say she was going to leave the show like after they came up with all this you know what they were going to do then you you would think that they knew a little bit ahead of time yeah and and it is kind of weird how there um there are certain story parts in this episode that kind of happened to Carl in the comic that are happening to Henry now, like almost like Henry took over. Oh, for sure. I, I, the yeah, Carl Henry's slot, whole thing. you know yeah, what I mean? For sure it's going to be that. I, I think that that's, that is that is the whole point of Henry being here, is that he's going to take that place of uh, of Carl in the comic. Yeah, yeah we kind of saw that this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in new, in, well, I was going to say, in news that surprises absolutely no one, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Carrera is leaving. Um, so what's it going to be? Just Daryl ride around on a horse and, uh, you know, yelling at Alden or <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be weird. Cause they have two kids. Yeah. Like, what do you do with the baby? Yeah. Like you can't leave the baby. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like two, one of two things has to happen, right? Either they kill her off and, they- and Judith and, and Rick jr. Stay mm-hmm. or, they find that it, they use that as a way to reunite them, and Judith and and her and Rick Jr. all leave the show. Yeah. Right. Or they time jump it. Again? I don't think they'll do that so mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention, I don't I don't know to me, I I'm really liking Judith's character so far, what little bit we got. Um I I really wouldn't want her to go. At least if it were right now. Well, no. if they go the route of uh, Negan being the the one that raises her. If something happens, but that is just so. We didn't see that kind of foreshadowed this episode too. Yeah, yeah, but that is just so. Like I know they love Negan, but it's just so rough to think that all is just forgiven. Right. Yeah. By that time, there'll be nobody left around that right. remembers what he did in the first place. He can, he can make up a whole nother storyline. Like, ah, yeah, I was did guy that did the thing that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know why they put me in here, right? Yeah. No, nobody's around that remembers. You hit one guy in the head, and then everybody gets you know, all upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, again. I can't blame these actors and actresses after seven, eight seasons on a show ready to move on, do something else or, yeah. or what have you. And it's hot over there too, man. That's, that's... But yeah, I, I can't really blame somebody for wanting to do something. Uh, no. That's a, that's a long time to be, to be on any one project. I mean, especially mm-hmm. somebody who's, who's kind of a rising star, you know, um, wanting to take on different parts, wanting to do different things. Yeah. Definitely wanting an opportunity to make more money because I mean we know that I mean sure. 
they're, they're, the number of people that are making Hollywood, you know, quote unquote Hollywood money on that show are few and far between. So that's true. And it's funny how they, I watched it on the app and they're advertising, uh, which we'll call the actress that plays Maggie, her new show. Lauren Cohan. Yes. Yeah. They keep advertising her new show. Was it whiskey cavalier or something yeah, like that? Yeah. I saw the promo for that. I put it in my notes. Even I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Cracks me up. When I saw it, it first, I didn't realize it was a commercial and it flashed really quickly just showing her face. And I'm like, I didn't read anything that she was coming back to the show. And then it flashed into the, the new show. And I was like, oh, that's the deal. Okay, I get it. Well, that means it actually got picked up for, you know, because they, they go off and film a pilot. Who knows if, you, yeah. if you're going to get to air. So at least the pilot's going to make it to air. So it'll probably get it right. six, six I think it'll get wrong. picked up because they, they really put, they seem to be pushing it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. There seems to be a there seems to be a lot of female secret agent FBI agent shows going around though. There was That's uh, right. I saw I saw a preview of one the other day I thought was Blind Spot being rebooted, but it wasn't. It was just the actress <laughs> who looked a lot like Jamie Alexander. I can't remember the name of it now. It's got a really nondescript name, but well, we'll see. I mean, I wish her success for sure. Well, Another you know the deal. One thing hits and and the wave comes yeah. back. Another actor who who left the show who who made his like I don't want to say his displeasure known but definitely talked about it afterwards was uh, uh, Tom Payne uh, about Jesus and like he did a, a long article or long interview with the Hollywood Reporter uh, about all the missed opportunities with his characters how like you know he was just starting to get to some of the stuff that really defined Jesus like the Ninja Stars and the Top Knot yeah. and stuff like that and then he uh, was left the show but he was not happy with uh, the floundering I don't blame uh, T-Pain he, he was taking care of his character and yeah. you know um, he said you know here's a quote I know a lot of people are going to be bummed about it but I've been even more bummed for the last two years that my character hasn't gotten as much cool stuff to do especially compared to my him, uh, the character in the comic books so I mean yeah all he did was become the, the annoying voice of, of yeah. super reason do we need to do this is this who we are you know, he didn't, really didn't have anything to do. But I uh, said he was very frustrated with what the character had been doing, mm-hmm. and um, he let him know last season, so the writers, I mean, knew about it and uh, and wrote him off. So Too many alphas. But the thing is, though, with who knows what it would have been like. I mean, with the new showrunner coming in, I really like the tone uh, and everything else she's setting with this time jump and everything that's going on, but I, I, I don't, you know... The way that last episode, and it was his last episode, so maybe that's why. But if his character would have been like that going forward, if if that's the direction Angela King would have taken it, then I think that he would have been satisfied. I think maybe he decided to jump ship too soon. I don't know. I mean, I agree that his character was not utilized like it could have been, but... At the same time, man, you have fresh blood coming in, and they know your displeasure of what's going on. Give them a chance. Well, he even said in the last episode that he was actually doing the stuff he wanted to be doing in that episode that he'd been wanting to do the whole time. Yeah, and that seemed you know? to be the deal. That what happens with the character in, in that last episode that he was in, and he also said that he was the first actor that Angela Kang uh, got to, uh, told gave the call to tell that they were going to die. Um, since she took over the show, which is interesting. So if you want to read the article, it's on HollywoodReporter.com. Um, 
But uh, it, it was interesting to me to kind of see the you know, inside baseball behind the scenes kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of sour grapes, uh, mm-hmm. there's another uh, report that came out on the ongoing uh, saga of uh, Chandler, Chandler Riggs and his and his dad um, <laughs> on Carl's departure. And this is I, f- I found this article on TVWeb.com, and uh, they've got a, a long quote from William Riggs when he talks about how things kind of went down. And so I, I thought it would be interesting to – it's a little long, but I, I want to read the whole thing to give it context um, and just kind of talk about some things that he, he said. He says, uh, quote, just to clarify once and for all, Chandler Riggs didn't want to leave the show. He had been accepted at UGA, I'm assuming University of Georgia, Atlanta, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, and would complete school while working online when filming, as he had done with school for as he had done high school for the last eight years. Um, I'm assuming he wasn't in high school for eight years. I'm assuming they just mean in school. Um, Scott Gimple personally called him and said on a conference call in April that they needed him for three years. Chandler agreed to a two-year contract, which was typical, one year guaranteed, and the next one at their option, which was also typical. He signed the deal, graduated from high school, went back to work. He bought a house near the set and enrolled at UGA so that he could have been close to work since we had been commuting nearly two hours each way all these years. It was the middle of June. His 18th birthday was coming up in a couple of weeks. Five episodes were filmed. And they asked for my wife and I to both be at a meeting with Chandler, which was a little odd. It made me nervous, but he and his manager assured me it was the plan for filming schedule, etc. Scott Gimple was the only one there, and he told us that Carl would be gone in a few episodes. Chandler was absolutely devastated. Uh, I was disappointed Scott had been dishonest with a 17-year-old making life decisions and waited to tell us. After it aired, I was asked to, to comment how I felt. I did, maybe shouldn't have. Three hours later, AMC asked me to take the comment down, which I did. Six hours later, TMZ called and wanted me on, and I declined. None of it has ever really been about me. Don't know why anyone would ask anything about me, but that's okay. Teaching Chandler to disregard negativity came with the deal so I can do it too, LOL. Uh, I I never made it difficult for my son. Our family had to work together to make it possible for him Extremely grateful for the opportunity in eight great years. As a parent, I felt Chandler had earned better treatment, but that's the biz, unkind timing. So. I still wonder if they just wanted to get rid of, if they somehow did not want to deal with him anymore. Maybe, but, I mean, again, we'll never know the full story. No. Uh, you know, on both sides. <laughs> but in general, knowing that this kid was about to turn 18, knowing that he was making some life decisions uh, planning some roots and things like that. Uh, at that point, they kind of knew that Andrew wanted out because he'd kind of been vocal about, you know, wanting an exit strategy. It seems kind of crappy that they wouldn't have at least told him like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't make any long-term plans or, right. and again, I know they try and keep things secret and whatnot, but, uh, it, it it just seems crappy to to say you know no everything's you know good. It's a and then- strange thing because to do this and then this whole thing with what they're doing with Henry, which is basically what they're gonna do with Carl, right? Which makes me think I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's something else. I smell something else to this. They just don't want to say. Yeah, and I mean we've we've talked over the years about Chandler Riggs as dad, and I mean again, you're the father of a child actor. Mm-hmm. Hollywood can can and is cruel. 
Uh, oh, for sure. So I can understand where, as a parent, you would want to be more vocal about about things and probably you know speak. Whereas an adult actor or actress, you know, those things don't really apply. So it's kind of hard to tell like what's being. And then you also hear stories about parents. You know, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Not, you know, mismanaging their, their child's career, stepping, you know, getting, you know, putting, you know, taking, stepping in too much, like trying to be too, uh, you know, t- too much of a busybody, trying to interfere too much, uh, you know, making waves, all that kind of stuff. So, again, we'll never know what the well, real I know for is sure. Either. I mean, knowing some people behind the scenes of their work at TV, they do not like working with children, with, um, with the parents of, of kids. That is not something that, you know, showrunners and, and executives like to do. They don't. They generally don't. It's like, like they really like to deal with the agent more than they like to deal with the parents. Yeah, but in, in a lot of cases, the parent is the agent. You know? Which is the which in turn yeah. becomes, I don't want to deal with them. So yeah. I will write them off unless you make a show around them. But if it's an ensemble... That's pretty much a way to get a lot of times they say they prefer TV uh, prefers ensembles because that's how you get a uh, you kind of can say if you act up, we can get rid of you kind of thing. Yeah, which they do. So it'll come out eventually. Like when yeah, more time somebody, passes. Yeah. Once the show is done and over with and, yeah. you know, e true Hollywood story on The Walking Dead will come out and. <laughs> All it takes is a couple of people to leave the leave the job who know. Yeah. And that's when the story comes out, when they work somewhere else. Yeah. As you know, I've been fortunate to be behind the scenes at a few cons and stuff at, that dealing with Walking Dead folks. And <clears throat> there was one con I was at where his dad was there. And just watching his dad in, interact with the different people at the con, it was just, it was very, very interesting. Um, you can see he was definitely a definite, a, a textbook um, stage mom. Well, you never hear about the mom. You just, you always hear yeah. about him. I know yeah, what I'm saying. He's the stage mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was in the early, early days. I mean, this is probably like pre, like this is maybe season two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe season two is just about to come out. Uh, and he was at a con in Houston. And I think it was one of the first comic paloozas when they put it in the George R. Brown. And uh, he was super nice. Like, we were taking a, you know, we're, we're he wasn't in the, the autograph section. He was in kind of this, uh, this open section, like, on the floor of the con. And I was just taking some pictures in general of the con. And uh, he was signing and stuff like that. And his dad was like, no, come here, come here. And, you know. Uh, he was, you know, kind of inviting, but again, that was early days. That was probably, he's probably a lot less jaded, uh, <laughs> well, with the fans and stuff. He was never, you never would have seen it. Sure. Uh, sure. I didn't. I, and it wasn't really actually, I mean, a lot of the things that he would say, I don't disagree with. I mean, he was very protective because of the stories you hear of children actors in Hollywood. Right. and, um, you know, like when, when he first started the show, and they started with the cons. He he made it. There's only going to be three cons a year. You know, of course, that changed yeah. as he got older. Um, and as the money started coming in, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I mean, there were all kinds of things about his schooling and everything else I heard him talking about. So, yeah, I mean, nothing to me that seemed unreasonable from a parental standpoint 
So who knows? But I mean that that was early. I was probably around right. season three. The TV don't worry about your job. I mean, t- <laughs> that's the bad thing about the, the TV yeah. doesn't care. They don't care yeah. anything about I, uh, your child's health. My experience is pretty close to Russ's when I interviewed him in the early days of the podcast. That was around season two or three, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was here at Pittsburgh for the Zombie Con, and um, you know, like I say, he was just very welcome. I was like, you know, we do a podcast all about the show. I'd like to talk to Chandler for about ten or fifteen minutes, and you know, the dad was no problem. But like you said, over time, I'm sure he got a lot more, you know, jaded, distrusting, things like that. I could totally see it. So, yeah, and then it doesn't help when you hear things like. You know the contract negotiation stuff that Lauren Cohan was was having to go through to you know to try and get some you know pay parity with her male co-stars. It doesn't help when you hear things you know about uh, you know like like from from you know the actor that plays Jesus, where you know hit, you know the things that they were doing with his character. Mm-hmm. Um, so who yeah who knows who knows I don't know. I always get this weird vibe off a of Gimple. I mean, I, we talked about it. Yeah, that, I do. I totally do. I know this, what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, I don't know if I could trust this dude. Like, He's so gimply. Yes. It's just something. It's just, he has car salesman smell. Yes. Thank oh, you. That thing yeah. about him, man. That's what it is. Yes. It's like, I Anywho, don't believe you. He's well, enough, of, enough of about the gossip. Yeah. Head, so. yeah. What was that, Rich? I said he he still has is the one who wrote what so far is my favorite episode of Walking Dead. Clear, so sure. You could be a good writer yeah. and an a hole. I mean, you those could be a genius exclusive. writer <laughs> and be an a hole. A lot of a lot of great writers are actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al Gore comes to mind. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So let's get to it. Season nine. Episode nine, mm. adaptation, uh, and this one was interesting. So it, it started with a, uh, not like previously on The Walking Dead. It was it was this narration of Michonne and yeah. them kind of going through it. I kind of I actually kind of like that. It kind of gave me a CW Arrowverse feel. Like you know, my name is Barry Allen, and I you know just the way she was narrating it, it gave me that kind of same feeling. I was like. I don't know. I'd, either way, it, it didn't matter to me. I was just ready for the show to start. Well, what was weird was that it, it kind of gave a, a vibe of, okay, now she is taking over, taking yes. the lead. But then when you hear this at the same time, yes, I heard this yes. before that, I'm like, yeah. ooh. And, and I'm curious if this is something that they're going to do um, – episode or if this is just going to be like at the at the half mark. Yeah, me too. Because it, it – I think it's a halfway mark thing. I, I think so it, too. I think yeah. that's a normal thing for TV to do now because of these breaks. You know, a lot of television they take these breaks now. Yeah. What was What was interesting to me is it kind of started up pretty much right after it left off. Yeah. Yes. You know, there was no passing of time really. I mean, none. We went from we went from the you know the end of the of last season or half season to the beginning of this one. Uh, one right to the other, which is interesting to me too. So, and they are pushing. I mean, it, it seems like they have kind of changed the tone on how they advertise stuff too, because they are pushing the whisperer. Yes, yeah, sure. like it was all over the place. The app and the you know the way that they they even changed the marketing between um, transitions between uh, scenes where the you know they would have the whisperer come in and 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 you know 
Make well, it, they, I mean, they jazz it up a little bit. Well, before we get too granular on the episode, I just want to say I really appreciate them bringing in the whispers because it makes it a horror show again. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It really brings back the horror aspects yeah. of the show that have been missing for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen, you know, fighting people against people and this group against this group. And, you know, and the zombies have been in the kind of the background. This, once again, we have a credible, not only a credible threat, but something that's actually spooky and scary. And I really appreciate them injecting that horror element back into the show. I really think yeah. it was missing for too long. It's that it's that tone that I'm really, really digging and and enjoy the marketing while it lasts, uh, Daryl, because I'm sure a year from now it'll be nine more episodes till Michonne leaves the show. <laughs> Eight more episodes of Michonne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's one of the things I noticed by the by the end of the episode for sure is just I, I was like I'm digging that there feels that the show there's stakes. I feel like there's stakes again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like at any moment, uh, not necessarily like, oh, somebody's going to die, but just in general, there's something – like with the whole thing with with Negan and and the Saviors, it was just like, okay, at some point they're just going to – we're going to get the all-out all war. Like at some point these two human factions are just going to – are going to fight each other and there's right. going to be a lot of guns and a lot of, a lot of killing and a lot of posturing and, and that kind of thing. But oh. when we get to, to this, the fact that there's out there, this, this, this other, it's like a combined threat. It's a human threat and a, and a zombie threat together. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's not defined. Like we knew yes. what the saviors were about. We knew what the governor and his camp were about before they clashed. You know, yeah. we all the villains for a long time now have been very defined, and we like okay, we know what this is, we know what this is about. Here, we don't know what the hell is going on. You know, it's a real WTF situation. So we I mean, don't know what it is, and it makes we it don't scary. know what it, it is. Makes, it makes it scarier. <laughs> yeah, well, it you don't know what it is. It, it, <laughs> it brings does. it brings more peril and more um, fear from from the actual walkers because before yeah. it was like, oh, there's a herd coming. Let's just uh, set off some explosions. We'll dig a trench. We'll lead them off this way. Or, oh, we'll just be quiet and we'll walk away. Or we'll hide. Or we'll cover ourselves in guts. Uh, And and we'll just get past them. Now it's like you're not going to know, like from the character's perspective, you don't know, okay, is that a horde of whispers and and zombies? Is it just whispers? Is it just zombies? Like, are we going to be able to outrun these people? Are we going to be able to, like... Is the herd going to get directed? Like it adds some another a whole other dimension of, of more peril tension. to the show. There's more yeah. tension when you see them. Like yes. yeah, I, I, you make a great point about there being stakes again, Russ. And like, plus you don't know their motive. You don't know what they're after. No. Nope. Yep. Like like the saviors, they're after the resources. They wanted Alexandria. You know, governor wanted you know to rule everybody or whatever. Like in this, you don't know what they're after. You don't know what right. their motive is. You don't know what they're thinking. You know, they you just know seem to just from. want you dead. Oh. Like it's like, how do you fight that? Right. Like, you know, didn't the Lydia girl, didn't she mention you came onto our property or our territory or something? I think they're looking at it as an invasion. Yeah. We'll get to it. Towards the end of the episode, when she, she talks to, uh, when she has her, her conversation, well, she, she mentioned some things, but, but yeah. Um, but yeah, this reminds me. What was it? The end of season four, or the halfway point of season four, or season three, where we had the break and it took up right where it left off, which was the the fight, 
right? When when mm-hmm. they went to go rescue Michonne and them at the governor's place, and then um, Merle that, was there. Season three. Yeah, and they had the big standoff. Yeah. That was the last time I really remember, uh, you know, th- th- where it literally is the next second. You know, things just, just you know, there's there's no break. Uh, so, so the way this started kind of reminded me back of that of of this this you know no, I, I guess I guess the whole Negan thing too right when they show up at the end with the bat and uh, that that pretty much picked up right where it left off but, um, but yeah it's not always a thing that they do especially in the in in this recent time jump situation going on so to see it just kind of flow through. Well, and the one with Negan, too, I mean, yes, it picked right up, but at the same time, they had telegraphed all summer long what was going to happen. You know, sure, you, sure. Exactly. So, I don't know. I wouldn't even count that one. <laughs> yeah, this we got nothing. Like, we didn't, they didn't try to show us everything about the Whisperers. All he did was just show that one right. figure, and that's it, which is good. That's, that's I don't want to monologue by the, you know, by anybody. Um, so yeah, so the, like we said, it picks up right where it left off. The group's able to escape. And then right before the, the opening credits, we see that the one whisperer is opening the gate. They kind of focus on her moving the bolt. Mm-hmm. Lock the uh, gate, man. Which is cool. Uh, so after the, after the break, we come back and we're back to Negan's escape. So as we, as we left the last half of the season, Negan was able to, his cell was left open. He was able to get out. Um, so, Mysteriously, nobody is around at Alexandria. There's no guards. There's nobody walking around. Not um, at all. So ne- Negan's able to get away. He finds a uh, some some vegetables. Um, finds uh, a shovel and to the gate. And then I, before that, he actually goes back into to Michonne Rick and Michonne's house. Goes into Judith's room mm-hmm. and takes her compass. Uh, and then and then leaves and then heads for the gate and just as he's about to climb over, Judith with the uh, Colt Python uh, pointed pointed at Negan and they have a really a really cool exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, normally, I, I found th- this is interesting. My reaction to her letting him go was not, "Oh, here we go, stupid kid, gonna let him go." Like it didn't bother me. I kind of got. I, oh, me either. Part of me was like, I because she 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 she's trying to prove a point to him, like almost like maybe she knew he'd be back. But at the yeah. same time, I didn't take it. I didn't take it that way at that point. That's kind of the revelation I had later in the episode. But at this point, I was like, I think maybe Judas thinks if he would just go and leave and never come back. She's a kid. She's a little naive to think that he wouldn't try and try and do something, but. Uh, but leave and go back, like it would solve so many problems, like to keep him guarded, that he's in this cell, that mm. you know he's just kind of a pain in everybody's ass. Uh, that if he just is able to just hop this fence and go out about his way, he's got no people, he's got no, you know, he doesn't have Lucille, he doesn't have anything. Uh, that that maybe this will just be kind of a problem solve thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem. I knew she was going to do it because it, it how they push in this relationship, but oh. I. Yeah, but there, there's nothing. She's not giving up anything, giving any ground. Like there's no war between his people and her people. Where by letting him go, you know, later on, you know, something bad 
is going to happen. I didn't get that feeling, that vibe, like something bad is going to happen now because you let this guy go. Right. It's nothing out there. It's nothing. I mean, he could go like he did. It's nothing. There is no, you know, saviors for him to go rally to fight again, really. There's Big Rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I really like when she told she tells him, there's nothing out there for you. Yeah. There's nothing out there for any of us. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to go out there and you're going to see that there. And that's kind of a theme of this episode is, yeah. is the whole we need to become insular again. Like, right. every time somebody thinks, oh, we need to go out there. We need to find people. We need to expand our communities. We need to get together. Mm-hmm. And now the thinking is maybe we – we just need to focus on us. Like we have our separate communities and we could trade and do what we need to do. It's interesting to me. Like usually when they have the, the child character who's wise beyond her years, mm-hmm. it usually bothers me. But for some reason, this actress really, really sells it to me. And I think after, and I understand why she's thinking this way too. I mean, she lost her dad, mm-hmm. you know, because he went out and tried to, you know, spread, spread everything. And, you know, now all she's got is her mom and her, her, her little brother. And, like, it, it would make her brother the same way, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I lost her brother the same way. And yeah. it, it makes total sense that this is the way she would uh, would react, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't kill her brother or anything like that. I mean, right. all she knows of Negan is, you know, that he led the the fight. And then people that she's never really met, you know. He, he killed some of the people, but she's never met them. So, well, and they've had conversations over the years too. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and she I'm sure some of them, but she was too young to remember. So, right, right. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, you really, you, she's not going to know them. But I mean, even his, he's, he's the new Negan is pretty much <laughs> very uh, self-aware. Sure, Negan two point oh. Negan yeah, yes. and pretty honest with him, you know, pretty honest with himself and the people around him. He's, he's not. Well, he didn't lie to her about the compass. No, and I thought that was interesting because he, because she says you, you went in my room and you, and he looked at that and he, he, he copped to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, again, so when he says, "Yeah, I'm leaving. Just let me go. You'll never see me again." I think yeah. at that point he was telling the truth and he wasn't lying to her. I don't um, think so. I think either. at that point he truly did not intend to come back. No. Well, the thing is, for the most part, even going back to his evilest of days, I don't think Negan really lies to begin with. He generally says what he means. True. So, you know, that's why I didn't have a, any doubt in what he was saying. And, and I know some people aren't really digging this whole relationship with him and Judith and or digging her at all. And I'm just like, I don't. It's going to be an uncomfortable because I, I understand why, because it's it's an uncomfortable. This dude is not, you know, the things he's done, you can't. I know they tried to that, pull back on it a little bit. Yeah. But I just what they're doing. I enjoy it. So, yeah. I'm not even. I mean, this is a world where these compromises would happen. I it, too. I mean, that's the being uncomfortable. I think is a part of it. You sure. know, if this is in the real. This is in a safe, safe, safe world. We wouldn't even have this conversation. He'd be in jail, and that would, you know. But but again, there are people that do things that he's done, who get paroled. It's just that in this world, we're forced to deal with them because there's just it's just so dangerous. Well, look at look at what's his face, Gregory. He yeah. did less than what Negan did, and they hung him. Yeah, so it's so, like it's an unfair. It's it's this, this is this is this world that is so 
it is. It's unfair, and and there, it's all about punishment, right? We we'll get to that later on the episode sure. where, when um, when they you know get the other the whisperer, and the first thing that the woman is saying, right? She didn't learn anything from what happened to her husband, did she? Like the first thing she wanted was, we need justice. Right. It's up to you now to do it. We need justice. Yep. Like she didn't learn anything from what happened previously to this to wanting vengeance so fast. Well, and that's the other thing too about the Michonne character. I'm really kind of not digging her this season at all. I mean, parts of it, but I don't know. And and I I have a feeling that once we get um, answers to the scars and all mm-hmm. of that stuff and what went down between her and Maggie and all of that stuff. It'll it'll make more sense, but for right now, I'm just like kind of wishing to get a little bit more of the piece of puzzle pieces because right. I I don't know I just feel like if one of the problems that The Walking Dead has had for a long time is they kind of drag things out. You know, we saw it in season two. You know, just on in different areas, different showrunners. And this season is one where I don't feel they've been dragging things along. They've been timing things well. You know, the surprises we get are perfect when they when they surprise us and and all of that stuff, except for Michonne. It just feels so out of character for her, and I get that's what we're supposed to feel, but yeah. it's been nine episodes. Can we get a hint, please? Uh, back at the hilltop, uh, Tara is kind of taking charge, which we kind of assumed was going to happen, and so right. she's... Uh, kind of leading the effort to, to get two teams together to go find uh, Jesus and and then the crew since they haven't come he hasn't come back and they're they're starting to get a little worried um, meanwhile the the other crew is literally dragging dead Jesus back to well back he, with them he might rise again we don't know <laughs> he may uh, Michonne to- went on their way back Michonne and Daryl kind of have this conversation yeah yeah um, about not finding Rick, you know, he's like, "Hey," uh, she she said, "You know, hey, bringing Jesus back is going to go a long way with Hilltop, almost mm-hmm. like mending fences." And Daryl says, "You know, hey, I'm I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't do the same for you," uh, you know, meaning him out there looking for Rick, and and Michonne says, "I'm sorry, I couldn't do it for 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 both of us." Yeah, and so that was that was kind of a, a nice little a little moment they had. Um, mm-hmm. And then at that point, there um, a herd is coming, and, and they see it. And I like that uh, Eugene asks, he goes, "Is it the living kind or the original recipe?" I that was a, <laughs> yeah, that's a good Eugene. That was a good Eugene quote. Uh, and then they find him on that little covered bridge. Uh, Daryl decides he's going to. De- okay, are these like walkers, or are these are these? Again, you know, original recipe as as uh, as Eugene would say. I so like how they one, did this. Yeah, he shoots one in the leg and it doesn't flinch; it mm-hmm. just keeps going. And then he shoots another one in the leg and it starts screaming. All right. Um, and so that's when they realize that they're uh, they're they're a mix. Uh, Michonne takes one out and they're able to take a hostage. Uh, uh, did you catch kind of the the samurai like thing where he takes the sword? He takes the little knife out. Mm-hmm. And she takes the sword and she runs at him. It was yep. like a like a cinematic yep. kind of thing with the samurai, and she cuts him really good. So they have a hostage 
who isn't happy about being a hostage. Yeah, you think you want to kill a – you want to take a hostage a little bit older, though. Yeah, get what you get. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't tell age until the mask was off. Well, bigger. I, I, I would think you'd want the bigger guy. Um, so then we cut back to Negan, who's soaking up the sun. He's just out there. Yeah, they're playing the that sun. song. Let me tell you about my best friend. Worship <laughs> of Eddie's father? Yeah. I was thinking of that song, Soaking Up the Sun. Who is that that sings that? Is that? Cheryl uh-huh. Crow. Thank you. Um, well, this is what I do on Nothing's On every week. So. Yes, he does. <laughs> You know, the guy who was in that thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he always wore a shirt. You know that guy. He was in that one movie. Uh, So Negan's just kind of eating. There's a cool burnt ash walker. I thought that was kind of a cool effect. He was just kind of burnt to a crisp and uh, tries to They even show he's kind of rusty, right? Yeah. He almost got got. Yeah. Uh, and he's able to, to, he finally kills them both. And mm-hmm. uh, there's like all nasty guts and stuff on his bag that had his food. So he's yeah. got to dump his food. Um, he comes across a, like a lake or a stream or something like that and starts drinking the water. And then they cut to him again and he's puking it all up because it's well, obviously nasty water. Interesting mm-hmm. about that scene. Did you happen to watch Talking Dead? I no. did not. So right there where he throws up is the spot that he killed Glenn. Um, really? Yep. That's they, they. They. If you'll notice, uh, they did a, a like a crane overhead. Oh sh- yeah, yeah. Thing just to match mm-hmm. up with how it was when he killed Glenn. Yeah, yeah I, I did notice when they did the crane shot like that. I was like, wow, that's a nice open uh, area. Mm-hmm. Like you know, no growth. You, you know, I didn't catch it till till uh, um, till it was mentioned on the talking head. I imagine there's a lot of those areas that they've reused over time many times. Oh, sure. Just, you know, shot at day, shot at night, shot at reverse, uh, you know, put up a bunch of netting, you know, whatever. But it, it looked a lot like what all this stuff I did, what the hell was it for? Right? Yeah. The, yeah. the meeting, the war room, you know, the, all of that. Like, what? I guess we get it, we're supposed to get a sense of why all that stuff he did. It was for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to the hilltop, and uh, the group has made it back to the hilltop. Uh, Tara, you know, obviously, again, the new leader, uh, the Brett Butler's character, like you were saying earlier, goes up to Tara and talks about wanting justice, and, you know, something's got to be done. They've got to find out who this is. Yeah. Yeah. You do right. We find out. Uh, so they take they t- obviously they take the hostage down there. We find out Henry's still in jail. Uh, and Daryl's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> Dumbass. And that, yeah. Um, so we come back to Negan, and he's uh, he comes across a store that uh, I think they teased us a little bit too. Comes across a store that has some uh, clothing in it. Uh, so he's going to go try and find some new duds. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he, as he's in the store, he finds that sign. It says like sporting goods and has an arrow and he kind of has a smile on his face. You know and what I, that, that means. Point, I thought yep. he's hoping there's a baseball bat in here somewhere. Uh-huh. 
Uh, but there's not. So he, uh, as he's poking around and he finds a jacket, a bunch of stray dogs run in uh, and he's able to, to get away temporarily. Um, and then he, he makes his break. He gets out the door and he picks up a walker and throws him to the literally feeds a walker to the dogs. <laughs> he said that shuts the well, door they, and goes on about his way. Well, they all they kill. I guess they, they kind of hurt each other. Right. You hear the dog uh, crying out. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Sadly, I don't think all those dogs made it. I don't think yep. so either. It's where they took a caller on the Talking Dead and who who gave a quick um, talking to to JDM over um, throwing the zombie in there with the dog. Yeah, <laughs> really. They, they know that this doesn't really happen, right? It's not real. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to insert you know, that insert that gif of uh, Ben Affleck like from Jane Silent Bob saying fictional. Characters. characters like i i get not wanting to i mean you i get this happens so many times on shows and movies now it's like you can't even put a dog in jeopardy now Man, it's people, not like you're really doing I, it it's the story just but it, it, who with people nowadays who knows oh i'm a dog lover too so I, it's not like i'm not one i'm a dog lover too but come on it's a movie or you gotta do that i hate to break this to you but zombies not real yeah, <laughs> the dog is happily wherever it is. Spoiler alert! <laughs> my ex-wife. So, like but I said, I'm this Bob. isn't like Patton or The Godfather. You know, they're not going to throw a horse off the side of a bridge. No, and they don't it. do they're that. They're not going to cut a head off and throw it in the bed. So, yeah, they don't do that, that anymore. They don't, they don't allow. In fact, they treat the animals better than they do the children <laughs> yes. on the set. <laughs> they do. There's so many rules. It's more rules for the for the animal than it is for the for the child actors. Uh, so meanwhile, while this is going on, Luke and Alden are still out there looking for looking for Jesus and the crew, and they're not finding them. What's more, I know what I like about these whispers now that it's it's more dangerous to travel, and it. And by not having an easy uh, uh, relay thing to kind of contact each other from town to town, it's a lot harder to deal with situations. Yeah, that I guess that's one big contrast between beginning of season nine and this part of season mm-hmm. nine, right? Because they had their relay stations, they stayed in communication while they were working on the bridge. They had, you know, signs on the road, and based on whatever's happened in those six years, they've all kind of pulled back from that. Yeah. So. You're you're you like you're saying, Daryl. You're missing that. So again, everybody's kind of pulled back to their own little hidey holes, and and nobody wants to to kind of. It adds a little out. bit more weight to it. It adds more yes. more tension to it too, because it's like this is important information that you need. Like if they're out, people are out here just thinking these walkers are just regular walkers. Yeah, it's just like oh, we'll just go around them, or oh, yeah. they didn't see us. We'll we'll just go. Right. It's like mm, nope, doesn't work that way. No. But it makes sense that they would be more insular, that they'd stay in their own backyard, so to speak. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, but they find an arrow. Luke says it's it's one of Yumiko's, and he thinks that she's leaving a trail for them. Uh, Alden's not so convinced, and they, they kind of have this conversation about the fair and uh, you know Luke playing can play instruments, and that if you get enough liquor in Alden, he can sing, and... Uh, 
so Luke is like, "Hey, if I'm right, then you're going to sing at the fair. Like we're going to we're going to we're going to get this thing going." Um. So so, but they see the herd coming and they 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 go the other way. Um. So we, we cut back and and uh, Daryl's starting to interrogate our whisperer uh, that's being held hostage. You know what it is. Uh, oh, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back to Eugene, who uh, Sadiq gets him good as new. It looks like he dislocated his uh, his hip or something like that, and uh, pops it back into place. Oof. You know, Eugene's pretty much good to go. Uh-huh. Rosita's there because she's worried about Eugene. I mean, they were they were out there together. They have this this you know long friendship. They they those two have known each other longer than they've known anybody else uh, that they've been around. And uh, Eugene, in his Eugene way, tries to confide his feelings for Rosita, mm-hmm. and she's not having any of it. She runs outside, uh, and then she throws up. Uh, oh, and you know, like, if a oh, woman, I know what that is. I was going to say, if a woman throws up on TV, you know what's going you on. Know you know what daddy is. Um, but what's interesting is it's not uh, Father Gabriel. Nah. It's Sadiq's baby. And I, I'm sorry, but part of it at this time, I was waiting for the dun dun dun. Yeah, and it's yours. <laughs> when we were playing around, remember them time? Yeah, just just when you're getting the creepiness of the zombie show back, you got to be reminded of the soap opera ness. Yeah, I had a very very much soap opera vibe at the oh, moment. Oh, sure, especially since he heard it. They show uh, they show yeah. Eugene. Yes. He's like, damn it, I can't catch a break. So Negan finally makes it back home, uh, and he has a pipe. He doesn't have his uh, shovel anymore. He's got a pipe. He comes across. I like his his interactions with Big Richie. (laughs) Yeah. The Uh, return of Big Richie. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That was funny. So Negan is just trying to kind of get his bearings back. He's back at home trying to find out again. To Judas' point, there's nothing out for you there, but he's got to see it for himself, right? So he's back at home to try and see what's left. And they make a big point of, you know, the place is half flooded. Um, it's just – it's in disrepair. It's, you know, all the plants. They cut, they cut to that uh, that crane shot as he's coming up, and you can see all the, the gardens, the plants are dead, which – I mean, all that stuff was going down south before, uh, before the big blowout they had, you know, in the previous years, but – uh, but again, just to kind of accentuate, like, hey, this this place is a ghost town. Yeah, done. Yep. This place is done. Oh, is that chapter finally? Yeah. Yeah. You can't go home again. It was just that that whole you can't go home again thing. Like yep. this is it. Like you you either move forward with the group or you know. So do we cut back to the hilltop and Michonne. Uh, and Aaron have a conversation, and Aaron has been a big proponent of keeping the dialogue going, mm-hmm. keeping the groups together. Let's you know get back to what he was doing back when he was with Alexandria in the beginning. Is find more people, build right. a stronger community, all that kind of stuff. We could do it together. Yeah, and he goes to Michonne and says, "You are right. Like we need to basically just stay within our walls, strengthen our our community, basically keep what we have, or we're going to lose it." Um, and and stop this whole like let's all try and you know put things kind of the way we thought they were going to be, you know, back when we were fighting the saviors and every mm-hmm. you know, 
like hilltops fine how they are like we're fine the way we are let's just keep it keep it that way well every time they try to go to a bigger thing they've had their you know nose cut off despite their face you know yeah yeah just like every every time they've tried to expand or or connect or anything like that or go further they've been beaten back by one thing or another yeah the infrastructure is just not that strong enough they don't have enough engineers right to do that they just don't it's easier to to train people to defend than it is to train people to be, you know, to build. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michonne has a conversation with Daryl and tries to get him to stay at Hilltop. Uh, even though they're kind of looking to Tara as the leader, you know, Michonne tells Daryl, you're the best judge of character of anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine that Tara wants to lead, but you... You need to help her. You need to be here. Yeah, this is wartime, son. Yeah, as well. And and we're back at wartime. Yeah, and and Daryl looks like he's kind of older. Daryl, or pre, I guess pre before all this stuff happened, Daryl right. been like, nope, sorry, not yeah. for me. Not I ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna go off and do my own thing. All right. Um, and even he's come around to say, okay, maybe it's maybe I do need to to stick around here. Yeah, because there's too too many things, too many bad things are happening because people are not prepared to deal with this situation because it's been quiet and safe, and yeah. you know people have gotten relaxed and you know and and now they have to go back to that. It, it's he's only good at wartime. He's only good at wartime. He's not good when it's not wartime. He doesn't know what to do. I think he's getting there, though. I think we're kind of seeing yeah. it. Partially because I think, given the money they're paying him, they need him to do more in the show than they've been. Oh yeah, having they're going to deal with this, boy, and they got to get him. And you know, he's probably good. They're going to be pushed back with him and and uh, the way he wants to handle it. And and Henry. You know, there'll probably be some stuff with that. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Negan, who's at this point cleaning house, right? He's going through mm-hmm. the old factory, and he's killing the zombies that are out there. Uh, and then it comes across Big Richie again. And at first he lets him live. Like, he goes inside, he barricades up the door, and he just waits. Yeah. Um, and eventually Big Richie comes through the door, and he has to put him down. Um Pour one out for Big Richie. Yeah, pour one out for Big Richie. Well, they had an agreement, and Big Richie had to go out there and attract more walkers. He did. He did. He broke the agreement. I thought Big Richie was a much more trustworthy zombie than that, but hey, it's just me. Wow. So back at the hilltop, they have a funeral for Jesus. They're, you know, digging his grave. They're all kind of standing around, and at that point, the... The Alexandrians are are ready to leave um, and go back. Uh, And then we cut. The next thing we go is Daryl goes back in to interrogate uh, the Whisperer. And at this point, he's not like he's had it, you know, enough. Like he's just they're burying Jesus. He knows Jesus is dead because of her. He he also knows that now that the now that that part of it is done, like they put their friend in the ground the natives are going to get restless, right? Like they're going to want somebody's head. So, so Daryl decides, okay, I'm going to play hardball. So he goes down there and just really starts giving it to her. Uh, and at first she says, Oh, there's 10, there are 10 people in my group. Um, 
and then Daryl asks, well, do you have a walls? Do you have, you know, a, a, a community? Like, do you have a home? And she's just like, walls don't keep you safe. You know, they're, they're as long as there's people, um, you're, you're not safe. And so good um, luck about walls. Yeah. And she even says that they were going to kill all of them. Like yeah. she says, like, we're going to kill you because you're people and where there's people, there's danger. And it's, it, you know, they're what, what she's telling them is their philosophy is they just live amongst the dead, you know, yeah. the dead and the living. The only way that you're going to survive in this world is to live side by side with each other and mm-hmm. not try and outsmart them, outthink them. Um, you know, because it's not, again, you've, you've got the zombies and the people. And if neither one can really distinguish you from the other, you just kind of live as this nomadic tribe, just living off the land. Right. Um, but, but he starts to get pretty rough and Henry balks at that. Like Henry's like, you know, knock it off, cut it out. Um, and, and eventually, you know, she's like, Oh, there's nobody, there's, there's, you know, I was, we're by ourselves. I was with my mother. We're by ourselves. And you basically killed the, all the people I was with. So there, there isn't any more. And then Daryl says, well, I thought you said you weren't, you weren't alone. So he knows she's still full of crap. Like she's still feeding him a line and not telling him the whole truth, but he's getting a little bit more and he played rough with her and Henry came to her defense. And so, I, I kind of skipped past it, but earlier Henry and Daryl, when they were burying Jesus, Daryl or Henry was out, and and Daryl, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because even Daryl was like, "Nope, you got one more day. You're going to do one more day. Like, don't look at me, kid. I'm not getting you out of this. You you did the crime. You're going to do the time. Yeah, there's going to be uh, more of that, probably. Yeah. So as Daryl was playing rough, and then he looks to Henry, and he's like, "I thought I told you to shut your mouth." And he's like, "You want to know what your place is? Your place is here until you learn." <clears throat> until you figure it out. And I then he walked out. out what Daryl was doing right then. And then I was like, oh, good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. Daryl's playing rough with her. He comes to her defense. She'll trust him. He'll be able to get information out of her. Right. And he'll be able to listen in, which is exactly. Of course, we cut. And as 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 they go through that, um, that's exactly what happens. And she even tells Henry her name is Lydia. So right there, she he's gotten some vital information from her and kind of building that rapport uh, that Daryl wasn't able to do by, by threat. So Daryl knows, man. Yeah. So again, I was like, okay, this is, I like this. I like where mm-hmm. this is going. Daryl knows. Yeah, He's definitely the wartime conciliary, you know, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. And again, I think we're all happy that we're getting that Norman Reedus is getting more to do. Like, yeah, he, yeah, for sure. You know, I, th- I think that's all a plus for us. I mean, we've seen too many seasons go by where he's I maybe said six words in the whole, uh, you know, the whole the whole half season or season. Yeah, you got to move past that. You can't this whole thing of are you going to stay? Well, Please they keep stay. running. They're running out of more and more core characters. They've got yeah. a little more. Yeah, you, you know? can't. You can't it do makes that. Sense. Uh, so then we come back to Negan and Judith. So Negan is is rolling along on his bike. And Judith, again, normally you'd be like, oh, this is so, like, what are the odds, right, that Judith is going to find Negan? She's she's really going to be out there by herself. If if everyone's looking for Negan, yet she's by herself. But there's just something about, like, just the way they interact with each other. And, and this actress that, that plays Judith is just, 
is I mean, she's for a kid, she's really good, and she's not like the bratty, sarcastic, pain in the ass kind of kid acting. Like she's got some chops. She's a Jedi. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so she she told Negan, "If I see you again, I'm going to shoot you." And she meant it. And she did. <laughs> so yeah, she shot up. him right off the bike. Shot him right That's off the bike. That's some good shit, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm perfectly fine suspending disbelief and everything, but I'm just like what you were saying, Russ, is how is a seven-year-old little girl walking around out here by herself, unaccompanied, just, you know, it just seemed odd to me. Like how she just happened to know that that was the moment Negan was going to be coming back. I got I you. I got you. I got you better. How does a seven-year-old girl handle the, the kickback from a, uh, a revolver? That so outside? true. That th- yeah, that thing would tear. So true. Yeah, it would, yeah. it would dislocate her shoulder. So true. Because you look at. I mean, you you look at like the um, some of the uh, in Africa. I guess she's almost ten, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're looking at still, Africa where yeah. they're but yes, where they're using those guns. I mean, even and these are the boys. I'm not even. They're not even. <laughs> the little girls, but still the kickback that they have when they use those guns, when you see them, when you see those kids use those guns, there's still some kind of kickback. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. but they're smaller but the, and those are smaller caliber rounds. Like, yeah. This is like, yeah. this is like a 45 caliber. So just yeah. imagine, right? this kid knock it. fly back. A 45 can <laughs> yeah. knock a grown man on his ass. Okay. Yeah. 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 She should at least have gloves on or something. Hey, what <laughs> expect from Shane's kid? <laughs> wow, that's true. That is true. But anyway, so she knocks him off the bike. She goes over there, and then he he starts saying something. And I the I love the line. And she's like, "Language." She's like, "I'm a kid, you ass." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was nice. That was great. That's how you know these two are going to be. Uh, to you know, they're going to be in a lot of situations together because yeah. they're having fun with them. With the, yes. with the with these two characters. Oh, and it's just interesting to see the dynamic of a, of a child that was born after this began. You know, yes. she's yeah. in no other world. So, like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting seeing things through her eyes, even though they're not giving us a whole lot yet. But uh, uh, but I'm it's really- still normal for her. This is this is normal, fair yeah. for her to to be in this world. It's not a new thing. Yep. And I think she respects Negan for, like, who he is, but I don't think she likes him. Like, this isn't like, oh, I like you. This is, I res- I respect you. I respect you for the dangerous animal that you are. Yeah, and and she, I think she thinks that she can teach him some stuff. Oh, for sure. She like, thinks that she can. She can yeah. yeah, for sure. She does. She's a Jedi. For sure she <laughs> does. Um, but yeah, so Negan decides, he says yes. Yeah, you were right. There was nothing out there for me, and he gives her the the. I wonder if I wonder if they ever told her about what her brother wanted done. He left her a letter. Wasn't there a letter to her in that pile? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure she has. I mean, I given given the conversations they've had over mm-hmm. the, over the last few years, I'm sure it's come up. Like I'm sure. Because if that's conversation, like if we get, you know, we, we, we get that down the line that this is this is what Carl wanted, you know, like if you could take someone who has done the things he does, he's done and kind of rehabilitate him to the point of you can't 
make he can't make up for the stuff he did ever. There's no way you can ever right. make up for it. But if you could use him, the you know the things that he can do because he is useful and he is dangerous. But you need dangerous in this world. You can you can kind of channel that. Yeah, here's uh, the power. We need the power of a great character actor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just honest that power. Um, yeah, you can you can do some you can do some good with him if you if you can. But I, I just I really like the rapport. I, I just I really I, I really like the rapport. I like the rapport of those two a thousand times more than the rapport with him and Carl. Well, and there's no telling how much so. how mm-hmm. much they have discussed that time period. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, this is six and a half years later. I think from the time they met Negan till the end of All Out War and he was captured is what, four weeks? In real time? In showtime, I mean? Probably. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. So, I mean, looking back over the years, that's just a little blip, you know, in comparison. Who knows what else they've shared since then? Because something's definitely gone down with the Scar Twins and, and all the stuff mm-hmm. that between, the, you know, so everything about the saviors could just be rearview mirror. Just, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, I always thought that the thing with, with Carl Negan was Carl trying to prove that he's a badass, right? Like Carl trying to prove I can stand up to you. You don't scare me. If you end up killing me, so what I'm going to, I will, I will try and kill you first until he kind of had that revelation at the end, but that wasn't really a Negan thing. That was, that was more a Carl thing. Right. And it didn't, and it didn't feel like they figured that out to the last minute. Like that was the. Yes. It didn't feel yes. like it was the original plan because if they if they had done the arc where they started changing him, like when he met him, when he was he had a chance to kill him, he tried to kill him, he, he didn't, and then they started to maybe have it where they maybe if he kept Carl for a while and. Uh, and then they kind of started to have some type of rapport with each other a little bit here at the time. And then he lets Carl, you know, like he, but there wasn't real, there wasn't a lot of interaction with him and Carl. That's the problem. So when he, when he was supposed to act like Carl's, Carl's dead, you know, and he would, it wasn't earned because yeah. it, he made no, he never really, really made any kind of. Uh, 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 they never had any kind of scenes where it felt like he cared about Carl. Really, it's besides him having the the one eye and being brave enough to shoot at him. It was more of like a, a way to get at Rick. It seemed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But with Judith, this is different. This is yeah. her trying to teach him almost. Right. Um, and he and there, doesn't look at her like a you know like. He looked at Carl like he didn't even really give a look at Carl either way, but you could tell it's a different, there's a there's a different kind of relationship between Negan and 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 Judith because he's seen her as a child, like he's seen her as a baby. But but Judith has this air about her that that mm-hmm. I think that Carl never project. Carl was the badass that really wasn't a badass right. that wanted to be a badass, right? Judith is a badass that is a badass and knows she's a badass. <laughs> well, she's a little ass kicker and a at gen- nine at, at nine ten years old. Right. So, but the like, other she's more convincing is- as a hard ass 
at at a at a ten year old level than Carl was at well, you know, she's, eighteen, nineteen, or whatever. Yeah, Carl, Carl lacked the confidence. He 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 portrayed being a badass, but he did not have the confidence, and that shown through. She doesn't have to have the confidence because she is flat out a badass, and she knows it. Yeah, but in terms of the, the show, like watching the show, this little girl in casting, they were able to pick someone who can pull off being very comfortable in who she is as this kid. You know, this kid seems very comfortable. And, I, you know, you can't be sure when you when you cast. That's the thing about casting kids also when they're going to be on a show long term. You don't know. You know, you can only foresee so much. And I don't think Carl, the actor, ever was ever able to pull that strength that Carl in the comics needed to have. Like, there's a thing with Carl that he went through such a transition where he pretty much kind of, the old Carl kind of died of that, you know, the world before the the Walkers. That Carl died. And this Carl, you know, and as he got older, this is a whole nother Carl in the comics. And that's easier to portray because it's the comics. It's not a real sure, person. Sure. So. No, absolutely. So I think that that's what well, was always the issue with this, with the character. The show never really gave Chandler Riggs the chance. I mean, the whole season six, seven drag out. And then, you know, he just kind of got pushed to the background and was only integral to what was going on when there needed to be, you know, some major emotional thing with Rick generally, or he was some kind of a plot device in some way or another for somebody's revenge or somebody's sneaking around or whatever. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's never a character. He was a tool. And that was the problem. They used him as a tool and not as a character like they should have. Um, and, And we never got to see what the Carl was in the comics because they killed him off, you know, in the show. So I don't know. I think with Judith, they're going the right way. They're they're actually, you know, showing developmental arcs in her character. You know, they're making her interesting, um, you know, and to be her age and be a scene partner with JDM, I mean, that's got to be, you know, an experience all its own right there. Agreed. Uh, yep, yeah, so... The episode ends, we're back with Luke and Eldon, and they find another arrow, and then they find themselves surrounded by what they think are walkers. But man, that scene where they're standing there, and that one walker is like still and has his head cocked and just staring at them and not moving. Mm. Dude, that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it put me on edge. That was Alpha, wasn't it? Or was that? I think, uh, it, was, I think it was Alpha. Yeah. He's got to be. Mm. Super creepy. Very well done. Because then just the f- Alpha look just like Alpha in the comic. Yeah. And then the fact that they get, you know, crowd in, crowd in, crowd in, and then they're surrounded, uh, but they're not surrounded by, by Walker. Well, they are kind of, but they're surrounded by these whispers and mm-hmm. uh, poor Luke and Elden don't know which, you know, which way is up at this point. So again, it, it, this, at the end of this episode, it really got me to where to, to Jim, what you were saying earlier, which is, you know, a new threat, more tension, you know, more feeling like there's something with this show that isn't just there, there, there's more, 
there's there's just more tension. There's just there's yeah. just something else that and um, there's a mystery about it too because it's not yes. all spelled out, you know. Absolutely. So very well done, very well done. Um, so before we get into Buster ratings, uh, since we're back, we'll have a word from our sponsor. Does anybody want to? ICBService.com? That would be them. That would be them. I actually have the website up if you want me to take it. Sure, go for it. All right. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBSService.com. Or uh, DCBService.com. DCBService.com. <laughs> um, do you like saving money? Because this is where you can save money. Because you're going to buy comics. You're going to buy comic book related stuff. It's a comic book store condensed into a website where they just slash the prices like they're crazy. I don't know how they do it, um, but they do it. And not only do they do it at 40, 50, 60% off, but they package it well, they take care of it. It's shipped nicely, um, and the customer service is superb. Um, you know, and if you're into uh, trade paperbacks, you know you can get the the ones coming out there. But also the sister site, In Stock Trades, um, and if it, if it's a graphic novel of any kind, it's probably there, and it's probably forty to fifty percent off easily. So um, if uh, you read digital now. You can go and purchase, you know, at a discount through the Comicsology through D- DCBS. So uh, uh, check them out. Uh, they are our sponsor, and uh, we are very happy to have them. Excellent. Um, so I guess we'll go through our Buster ratings. Daryl, I'll let you go first. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would. I I give it. Uh... Probably four out of, I give it a four out of five because I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any issues with it. It was cool to see where they started. They started right from what happened. The, the Judith Negan scenes were, were really good. I mean, the fear of these whisperers, I mean, it did not disappoint. Having this new threat, they do work. They especially work on screen. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Rich? Yeah, well, I have to agree with Daryl, a four out of five for sure. Um, I I really liked most everything in this episode. There wasn't anything that really stuck out as an issue. The pacing was great. Um, like Jim was mentioning, just the optics, just the cinematography, the, 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 the tone and the feel of what's going on when you see that zombie just standing there staring, you know, and, uh, you know, we kind of knew what was coming, but even with that knowledge, it was kind of, uh, just creepy. And, you know, for Nicotero to pull that off, um, you know, I mean, for him, it's old hat, but man, it just, it was so refreshing to see that both at the end of the, uh, uh, episode eight and then going into this one and just everything that, that happened there. Um, the, the Judith, uh, Negan, um, dynamic. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's working. I think it's really good. I enjoy it. So yeah. Um, I'm going to say four out of five for sure. Excellent. Jim. I'll make it a hat trick, four out of five. I'm glad this is becoming a horror show again. You know, I mean, it started out as a horror show, and then it kind of went, it's become like an action drama, soap opera type situation, and now we're seeing those horror elements again. Now, I'm really welcoming that. I'm really happy to see that in my zombie show. So, uh, I like what they're doing with the Whisperers so far. Um, 
Yeah, so I was, I was very satisfied with this. So four out of five for me too. So what do they call it? Is it like a golden toque or what? What's a what's a four four? Uh, when four of us do, uh, I'm also going to give it a four. Four for four. Um, well, there's one in every crowd because Aaron wrote in and did not give it a four. So. Oh. Uh, as soon as you give us our thoughts, I'll read it. I'll read. Yeah, it. I, I I think I've kind of summed it up. I mean, for all the stuff that that you guys said and we said on the episode, just just again taking the show in a different direction, amping up the fear, amping up the stakes. Um, curious about what's going on with the rest of it. It was a great setup to to what has been a, a pretty stellar uh, season so far. So um, uh, four for me. Uh, Aaron wrote in. He couldn't make it tonight because you know how he is, uh, out hobnobbing with the stars and whatnot. Uh, hey, guys, sorry I couldn't make it for the midseason premiere, but I'm being held up by a child with a gun that is both stopping me from being on the podcast but also allowing me to write an email to explain as much. Go figure. Anyway, Adaptation was a solid episode overall. I enjoyed getting more Whisperers Menace, as they are the best and scariest form of villainy we've had on the show in a while, even if Daryl was able to creatively find a way to scatter some of them. The Negan stuff was a bit hit or miss with me. As you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Kids Bob Judith, particularly when she magically knows where Negan is when he returns. I guess she's inherited Carl's trait of wandering off. That said, seeing Negan go on walkabout back to Sanctuary was kind of silly, but also fitting enough for the character. The rest is fine with some dialogue scenes coming up short, while Whisper Interrogation gives us some insight into what's going on. No update on why the people on Hilltop hate Michonne, but whatever with that for now. At least we have to worry about everyone's two favorite characters, Luke and what's-his-face, Alden. <laughs> so we can look forward to what happens next week. 3.5 busters. So. Not too far off of what we said, but, you know, there's yeah. one in every crowd, as I said. But hey, Russ. Who, yes. Who cares what we think, right? Who does? Who does care what we think? Hey, don't be stepping on Russ's line. <laughs> uh, we have a great Facebook group. Uh, you can go to at facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Um, just ask if you're not a member of the group and would like to join the group, just send us a request. Um, as soon as we verify you're not a bot or a stalker, uh, we will, well, maybe if you're a stalker. I don't know. Depends what kind of stalker you are. We'll approve you. Uh, Always for a new stalker. That's right. Um, or if you don't want to do the Facebooks, and some in some some days I can't blame you, um, you could send us an email at wdtv at gmail.com, and we will read your email on the air if you choose, uh, if you so choose. Um, but we do have this Facebook group. Mr. Jim Dietz loves to read all of the wonderful comments that we get from oh, audience not, buster ratings. Take it away, Mr. Dietz. Not only do I love it, I live for it, Russ. Uh, this, this reading is brought to you by Blue Moon. Blue Moon Belgian White Lager. Delicious. Okay. Uh, do, <laughs> hope, hope, hope to get that big lucrative uh, tie-in sponsorship deal. Uh, Dre Irvin starts us off this week. Five busters. This episode was well-paced and so interesting. I always love the Negan Judas banter and cannot wait for next week so we can get more from the Whisperers. Uh, Lisa Kelly walks in, uh, weighs in with 3.5. Little ass kicker lives up to her initial nickname. Buster's out of five. Uncle Daryl would be so proud. Uncle Negan certainly was. A highlight was the last few minutes of Alpha making her and her group's presence known to Alden and Luke. Amazing cliffhanger. Uh, Mike Jones, five Whisperers out of five. I feel like for the first time in a long time, the show is handling everything right. My only question is, did anyone stab Jesus's brain? Really enjoyed the Negan parts as well. Uh, Mary Cherpecki wrote in that she thought she saw Aaron stab him, 
but it was hard to see in the fog. And Brent Jones backed up that Aaron did indeed stab Jesus in the brain, so that's good. That's one Jesus who won't be coming back as a zombie. Uh, Katie Levesque, four out of five uh, weapon-wielding whisperers. It is nice to see Daryl and Michonne in action again and kicking some zombie whisperer ass. The two new ladies proved again they are pretty badass and on top of their survivor game in this episode. Uh, Eugene proved nothing has changed with him. He's still a scaredy cat to the core. Like the Tara and Michonne interrogation with Daryl creeping outside the cell observing, uh, Henry clearly is going to continue to be a pain in the ass who won't shut up and not talk to strangers for Daryl, who is basically babysitting for Carol. A uh, little ass kicker is adorable, and it's going to be interesting to see what she does next. Negan wasn't as obnoxious this episode as he faces his sanctuary's demise. All in all, looking forward to seeing what lies ahead and how life without Rick, uh, without Rick World progresses. Mary Terpecchia, uh, 4.5 original recipe busters. All right. I love the show's bookend beginning and ending for the episode with each group setting a trap. This is probably the first time Negan didn't annoy me. And I'm so grateful they didn't string out his return. Although I'm curious about the timing, timing for Judith to find him. I'll over, overlook that eye-rolling moment. Uh, now, is Henry a complete tool, or did they, Daryl and he, work out a good cop, bad cop routine to get Lydia talking? If that was the plan, I'm all for it. Look forward to seeing more of the whispers. The end scene was one of the creepiest uh, Walking Dead moments ever. Uh, Roger Austin, four, took an arrow to the knee whispers out of five. Nice Skyrim callback, Roger. Uh, I wonder how many people Henry is going to get killed this half season. Shut up, kid. <laughs> Love the Judith Negan bits. Really liking the newer cast members. Maybe enough to stick around once Michonne leaves to run that brewery with Rick. Uh, good start to this half season. Uh, Charlie Messing, four out of five busters. I really enjoyed the episode. They're doing a much better job of developing the characters, which I guess they need to do now that Jesus isn't going to be resurrected and Michonne is heading out. And I know it's early, but so far the writers, directors, and showrunner are handling the, handling the Whisperer's storyline much better than the prison or all-out war. I know, low bar. Uh, Opinder Sangha, uh, uh, five busters. Why? Because I'm loving The Walking Dead again. This season reminds me why I, st- I decided to watch the show way back when poor Rick woke up in a hospital bed. Please don't mess things up now, showrunner Kang. I uh, love the... Uh, Negan, JG interactions. Daryl talking is something I'm still getting used to. Why in the hell? Did, why in the hell does Scott G stop Daryl from talking for three years? Uh, I'm hoping the Whisper storyline surpasses all bad guy storylines because the last two were terrible. Governor and Saviors. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, the Marathon Man. Firstly, welcome back, guys. I've missed the podcast. Uh, we missed you too, Rich. Uh, my buster for the mid-season opener is five, the worst post-zombie apocalypse sports store sale out of five. Love this episode. The on-screen banter between Negan and Judith was comical and made excellent viewing. The introduction to the Whispers has been brilliant. I can see already these are going to be the best villains so far. And The Walking Dead feels like The Walking Dead of old again. Excellent work, excellent work, AMC. P.S. Was it just me, or does the Whispers and Lydia look just like Dwight's wife, Sherry? I had to look twice to make sure it wasn't her. Hmm. Hey, I wonder if during the break, if Richard tried beer for the first time. Oh, brother. This again? Uh, <laughs> Brent Jones, four. I really want to care about these new people, but I just don't out of five. Uh, the girl with the bow and arrow seems cool, but the sign language has become annoying to me. Loved hearing the conversation with Michonne and Daryl about not finding Rick. And when has Tara ever exuded the skills of a community leader? 
And uh, finally, Andrew Park. Four, I know whispering is meant to be method acting, but just keep on walking when the zombie is next to you, gets an arrow through the leg. Ouch. Out of five. Uh, I enjoyed the episode a lot. The music was great, especially when accompanying Negan on his governor beard moments. Nice callback there, Andrew. Uh, I actually liked this version of Negan and only got worried once he started to drift back into the old swagger. It seems like prison has been good for him. Uh, hopefully we can put all the bad murdering behind us. What happens in the apocalypse stays in the apocalypse. And Negan and Michonne can raise Judith and make spaghetti. Just an idea. Uh, there is a sense of true menace with the Whisperers. Anyone think Aaron looks like a comic version Rick? Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah we've, we've mentioned that before. Yeah, I think we have. But uh, thanks so much uh, for all of your uh, your uh, cool uh, messages and ratings. And as always, we'll uh, we'll you know put up the thread in our Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast, uh, on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. And uh, thanks for everybody for uh, chiming in. Really appreciate it. Excellent. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week. Uh, hopefully Aaron will be back next week. Um, like I said, we'll be kind of back to our weekly schedule. Um, hopefully we can uh, continue recording on Mondays, but uh, you know, podcasts will be out sometime between Tuesday and Thursday, I would say pretty reliably um, as we, as we continue on. Um, you can find me at the same place you find this podcast, Um Also, uh, occasionally, uh, or f- regularly, I should say, on uh, the Gotham by Geeks podcast with Mr. Daryl Taylor. Um, and where the rest of us can be found, Rich, where can you be found? Um, pretty much anywhere on the socials at ChubToad01. All of the stuff. Mr. Dietz? Uh, you can check out my weekly uh, D&D podcast uh, at oldmagicgaming.com. Uh, we play a game of D&D, they break it down to hour-long podcast with background music, sound effects, uh, all kinds of fun stuff to make it more like a radio play. Uh, you can also check me out at the Taylor Network of Podcasts uh, .com weekly for Nothing's On with me and Daryl and comedian Donnie Salvo where we break down the week's news in TV and movies uh, every single week. Uh, we, we just put up a new episode today as we're recording this uh, all about all kinds of fun stuff going on in that, in that medium. And uh, also, I have a super secret pro- podcasting project coming up. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to talk about it soon. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well. <clears throat> and, of course, you can always find Daryl at the Taylor Network of Podcasts, where um, he has a ton of stuff going on. The brand new um, repackaged DC All-Stars podcast. I know that that started up. Uh, they yep. recently did an interview with... Um, Susan Eisenberg. Yeah, Susan Eisenberg, who, who played the, uh, the voice of Wonder Woman in the yes. Justice League animated series. Yeah, yes, and especially coming up with they've kind of reunited the uh, the core group for uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. So it's Susan Eisenberg back as Wonder Woman, Conroy as Batman, uh, George Newbern as Superman. Uh, so it's like all the 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 the, the core uh, group back doing the original voices for that uh, for that. And it, I think it, it even looks like it's done in the traditional Tim verse animation style which they haven't done for quite some time they've, right. they've kind of moved away from from that um that style so yeah definitely check all that out taylor network of podcast.com um until there's new room in hell and the and the uh the dead walk the earth remember <laughs> nailed it 
Good night, everybody. Good night. Nice.